0: Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at an incident that took place back in 1965. This is the Kecksburg, Pennsylvania UFO. The article can be found on penlive.com. It starts off saying, quote, Meteorites do not make abrupt turns when a UFO took aim at Pennsylvania. Now, the author... Claudia DeMuro starts off and says there was a lot going on in the U.S. in 1965. It was a year that those outraged by the Vietnam War marched on Washington in what was then the largest peace protest scene in American history, and it was the year people watched and wonder as NASA conducted the first spacewalk. It was a year President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Voting Rights Act, Malcolm X was assassinated, and the Sound of Music hit theaters. It was also the year in which tons of people saw a fireball streak across the sky before eventually landing in a great thump in, in a woods 30 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. It says on Friday, December 10th, Beaver County Times detailed how four men, miles apart, each reported the same thing the previous evening, an orange fireball gliding over their heads before Disappearing out of sight, so you can see here we have four independent sightings. They've all seen this red fireball come um, hurtling down out of the sky, and they've all reported it the next day. So we have a mass sighting reported independently. Reports of the object, of, reports of the object, flooded police departments in the area. One Beaver Falls woman called the police to let them know how uh, her son had witnessed a, quote, big ball of fire fall into the woods, something she didn't believe until she noticed the woods are smoking. But the journey of this fireball didn't begin in Pennsylvania, although it certainly ended there. The object was spotted about six states plus parts of Canada. So the object was spotted above six states plus parts of Canada, leaving debris in the wake that caused fires to break out in several places before crash landing in a wooded area in the town of Kecksburg. Despite the strange object and the fires and the sonic booms the crash created, the authorities assured the public there was no cause for panic. Newspapers like the Youngstown Vindicator deemed it nothing more than a meteor, which it said wasn't completely unexpected because the Earth is currently being bombarded by one of the more prominent annual showers of meteorites, the Geminids. Now, that would be a plausible explanation, as a meteorite would likely be crashing down, you know, at supersonic speeds. It's important to see here that there was a sonic boom, that this thing was spotted over, as I said, at least six states and parts of Canada. So that tells us that it had quite a long flight path as it hurled from space to Earth in flames along the way, it's something that you would expect with a meteorite fall. Many accepted this explanation with a shrug of their shoulders before going on with their regularly scheduled lives. Others were and still are a bit more skeptical. I heard this sizzling noise, and then I seen this red fireball coming, Witness Bill Bluebush told the History Channel's UFO Hunters in 2009. And I watched it, and it came up toward the mountains. It made the turn and come back, a perfect turn, and came down. It just seemed like it was trying to find a place to land. Now, that is a lot different than what a normal meteorite would do because that meteorite is going to have to travel in basically a straight line. It could be at an angle or whatever, but you're not going to expect that meteorite to make a left turn, then a right turn, as if it's coming down searching for a place to land. It says, therein lies one of the strangest themes of the Kexper crash and why so many have been unable to accept the official, it was just a meteor explanation. Various witnesses' accounts have, like blue bushes, described how the object didn't just simply fall from the sky but appeared to make controlled movements before hitting the ground. Controlled being a common adjective found within reports the objects of the object's actions. In writing for the Vindicator, almost a week after the incident, Ivan T. Sanderson, described by the paper as a widely respected authority on the unexplained phenomena of science, notes how the object was on an uninterrupted straight. Trajectory before it made a 25-degree turn to the west, to, excuse me, to the east. And there is no possible converting this course into any form of a geometric curve, stated Sanderson. The fall of material on the ground pinpoints the passage, and meteorites do not make abrupt turns in their direction of flight. See, that's the difference between something that's uh, controlled, intelligently controlled, something that just happens to fall from nature. Plus, in keeping with the fireball's controlled movements, this thing was slow. Sanderson points out that the maximum average speed of a meter is around 144,000 miles per hour, which is to say 40 miles per second. This thing was only going about 16 miles per minute, or 2,400 miles per hour. So you see, it was still going fast enough to create that sonic boom, because of course 2,400 miles per hour is, is what about? three and a half, four times the speed of sound. But far from the 144,000 miles per hour that you would expect from a meteor. He says, there was also the fact that there were feds crawling around the place and therein lies another strange aspect of the Kecksburg crash. Now stop and think about this for a second. When was the last time that you saw a meteor, uh, a meteor or meteorite crash and then there was a uh, investigation by the federal government? I've seen plenty of meteorites. And, you know, even even seen a couple that landed in the next day over. But I've never been told that there was an immediate uh, federal investigative presence at the ground. The evening news simply reported how, quote, state troopers and Air Force personnel tramped through the area for hours only to find nothing. The Department of Defense swiftly followed suit with confirmations of the fireball being a natural phenomenon. And that essentially was that. Now, you have to ask yourself, if they thought for one minute that this thing was a natural phenomenon, why would they take state troopers off of their normal duties of patrolling the highways and keeping the peace? Why would they take Air Force personnel uh, away from their jobs to go out here in the middle of the timber and look around for a meteorite? But the fact that there was any government presence at the site of the Kecksbury crash drew even more attention to the incident and certainly hasn't done much to quell long-standing conspiracy theories. Well, we did make it this far, which is a ways into the article before we came up with that, you know, phrase, conspiracy theories. Here again, I think conspiracy uh, analysts might work better. It says, uh, according to 40 years of secrecy, NASA, the military, and the 1965 Kecksburg crash by Leslie King, who later sued the Space Agency under the Freedom of Information Act for how the records concerning the incident were lost, the the crash site was immediately sealed off by the Army and state police. Engineers and scientists, too, were brought in on the scene, and some civilians claimed to have been forced out of the area at gunpoint upon attempting closer inspection." I can see a pattern here. We have this strange uh, object that not so much fell from the sky, but crash-landed from the sky. Is it it, um, made turns and curves on the way down? We had the federal government show up with Air Force personnel and then conveniently seem to have lost the reports following that investigation. Goes on and says, "To this day, no one knows what triggered the interest of the U.S. military, or why the army was so intent on hiding the object that it it threatened civilians with weapons." Writes Ken King, "The the subsequent Air Force denial that anything at all came down is even more perplexing, and it has led to heated speculation. Those who were able to catch a glimpse of the object described it as being acorn-shaped, a little bigger than a Volkswagen." and engraved with strange inscriptions that were not unlike Egyptian hieroglyphics. Wow, where have we heard of that before? Now this thing just the way it's described to me it's almost like a uh, landing capsule of a sp- of a spacecraft. But and you might say well maybe it was the Russians. Of course it wouldn't have been the Chinese in 1965 they were they were too busy uh, starving to death under Chairman Mao. But it could have been the Russians but here's the weird thing. Why would there be Egyptian hieroglyphs carved into the side of this thing? It goes on and says, Whatever it was, Penlive outdoor expert Marcus Schneck has previously detailed how it was supposedly carted off on a flatbed truck, never to be seen again. I'm a little curious why they used the word supposedly there. I mean, they could have just said, well, eyewitnesses reported seeing it carted off because that is what happened, I believe. Many, of course, suspected the whole incident to be a government cover-up, but what would they have been trying to conceal? Well, to borrow from a widely beloved meme, one theory is, is isn't saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Schneck explains, Schneck explains, I hope I'm saying that correctly, how many believe this acorn-like structure to have come from another planet. The interest in this alleged Kexburg UFO is so persistent that the area holds an annual UFO festival, complete with conferences and a hot dog eating contest, as well as a UFO store run by the local volunteer fire company. Well, I think it's good that the town is embracing this incident, even if they're having a little bit of fun with it. It does allow people to at least uh, recognize that this was a mass sighting. A lot of people saw it. It was independently verified. And the government claims that they... Uh, have lost or don't have uh, any documents relating to this investigation, even though we know there was an investigation because eyewitness on, accounts on the ground uh, saw state police there along with Air Force personnel. Goes on it says, but the theories that buzz around the incident aren't solely alien related. In 1998, Pittsburgh Post, Gazette that article said plenty of people believe it was some type of experimental spacecraft or the USSR made Cosmo 96 Venus probe also acorn like in shape. Both are entirely of this world and plausible, especially given the Kecksburg incident took place during the height of the US USSR space race. Look, here's a problem with that. We have to we have to stay on task here. We have to remember that this thing didn't come down like you would expect a crashing spacecraft to do. That crashing spacecraft would not have been intelligently controlled. As far as I know, the Russians never sent any cosmonauts to Venus there would have been no reason to, because, as we know, the spacecraft itself wouldn't survive Venus, let alone the astronauts. This thing came down, it would have, and if it came down the way that all these witnesses said it did, then it, had to have, it would have had to have been intelligently controlled, whether it was intelligently controlled remotely or whether it was intelligently rec- controlled from within the capsule. Either way, that rules out anything the Russians would have had at that time. And another thing is, if that capsule came down at twenty four hundred miles per hour, how on earth would any of humans any humans have survived that impact? He says, "Well, the answer will the answers ever come? Who's to say?" Government branches such as the U.S. Navy and Congress have admittedly started to be be more open about reported sightings of UFOs or UAPs. Unite. Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, as they're now called. Heck, there's even the UAP Task Force, which was launched by the Defense Department back in 2020, that now more seriously looks into these types of reports. I would have to correct the author on this. And We've got precious little to none, as far as disclosure comes, from uh, ATIP or any of these, any of these uh, new investiga- investigative bodies from the U.S. government. In fact, we've consistently been denied a uh, 4 request. And from I can see is what, what's going on there is there's, they're just creating a limited hangout. We've talked about this before. A limited hangout is where people are, uh, can go to get a little bit of information, a limited amount of information. It furthers, uh, helps the government to control the narrative because people feel like the government's being honest with them or making an attempt at disclosure. But in reality, it allows the government to hold back all of the real information and control the narrative. And as we said before on this program, that limited ha- uh, hangout, that, that notion, uh, I think a lot of people understand that this uh, came from uh, President Nixon's administration when they were trying to cover up Watergate and whatever else they were doing. They would release some information in hopes that it would stifle any investigation into things that they did that might have been uh, illegal or unethical. And I suspect that this notion of the limited hangout was probably around long before Richard Nixon took office. But that's what this whole recent disclosure movement uh, within the government appears to be to me. You have some senators like Marco Rubio who have repeatedly asked for uh, disclosure and more information, but it seems like we're getting a lot of talk Precious little evidence released. It on that says, whether the truth behind Kecksburg, whether the truth behind Kecksburg comes to light, there is one fact that remains. Sometimes all it takes is keeping an eye on, keeping an eye to the sky to spot something that makes life here on Earth a little more interesting. Now that is an absolute fact. And that's a look back at the Kecksburg UFO incident. I hope you enjoyed that article. Until next time, this is UFO warning over and out. <music>